be a little more even keel. You gotta turn this thing up. Yeah, man. What in the world? Mine's turned way down. You know I like to yell. How's that? That's good. It's better. Chili? Blake, I got one thing to say to you. Huh. You need to fix yourself, man. You are a freaking dummy. <laughs> Listen, guys. I've got a few You're things. You're coming at me with all this freaking stuff, man. I've got a few things to you say. You too, Chili. Don't, don't smile. Hey, stop talking, Chad. Did you hear I said I need to say something? Go ahead. Keep it down. You don't ever talk on the podcast. Listen, now all of a sudden you want to talk. Chad comes in and he's just in just a sour as mess mood, like a, I mean, just slap sired up, like a can of apple juice that's been sitting out in the heat or something. <laughs> he's fermented, is what he is. And you dang right, I'm fermented. I've been through the ringer. And uh, y'all boys are young and fresh. You ain't never had to daggone go through the stuff I've went through. You know, Chad's real good in the gym. True. But, if you're not doing as good as Chad in the gym, he says, You better fix yourself, son. You you need to get stronger. Fix yourself. And we're in here telling him, What the crap's wrong with you, Chad? Look at him. Why he's you, still on his phone. Why are you so poopy pants today, man? What <laughs> What is wrong with you? And he's like, Y'all ain't treating me very nice boy. I'm feeling right now. So he wants to respond with just nothing but just brutality when someone else ain't doing good but when he's a little under the weather it's all right because that ain't what he's good at i'm i'm not good at that so y'all so i don't i ain't got to fix that i'm just that's just hard for me so it's all right for me to sit here and wallow in my man, emotions man nailing it i mean hitting the nail on y'all know who runs this dang podcast son. and hold on i've got more listen let me ask you chili where did all this come where if, did chili if you are <laughs> listen if you're doing something Say uh -huh. you're working out or running, uh -huh. and you're out front, you're winning, uh -huh. and I'm no, not, I'm not listening. By the way, nobody is around you. Is it all right to slow down because no one else is around you, or should no. you strive as hard as you can go all the time? Yeah, that's how you win a race. A lot of people don't know how to win, man. They 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 get out front, and when people aren't winners. Uh, it, it's just the way it is. They're not winners, and well, they get out. Go. Philosopher Chili, and they get out in front in in a race or something, and they start looking around, going like, "Oh, where is everybody? What the crap? I gotta, I can't win." I see that all the time. Yeah. Well, let me. Tell you gotta you a keep couple, pushing, man. Let me tell you a couple examples. The other day, Chad <laughs> Golly, was, this is Chad was bragging about his five k. He ran. He won his five k. He ran a bunch of. I've uh, won he, every five k I've ever raced. Okay. He ran you, against a bunch. How many five k's have you raced? Two. Yeah, I've raced thousands. Well, listen, he <laughs> ran against a bunch of CrossFitters who he says are no good well, runners I don't, anyways. Well, okay, he won. What'd he run? A nine, 19... 19.10. Okay. That's not bad. But he said... I could have ran faster. He said, I could have ran faster, but I, I looked around and... Then you should have ran faster. What do you mean you could have? I, I could have ran faster every time I've ever ran. That's what I'm getting. But there been somebody there to push me. Yeah, listen, you automatically go. You automatically go harder when... So you can try to go as hard as you think you can go, but you can always go harder if there's somebody there to, to compete. You with should you. try to pull that out of you. It's e impossible. Even with nobody. It's impossible. You will never reach your maximum potential at a, at a 5K unless there's somebody on your heels. You should pull that out of yourself. You can't do it. Listen, this is what I'm trying to get at. When he's weak, when listen he, to when me. you're weak minded like Chad, you can't. He's he's at he's got a thing he needs to work on here because he beat me in a CrossFit <laughs> workout the other day by 20 seconds, and 
he wants to act like, you didn't even put out on that workout. I said, oh, good job, old bull, the retired Navy SEAL, ultra marathon runner. You beat old dad, ba- dad Bod Blake over here by, <laughs> by 20 seconds. And he said, well, I could have went harder if you'd have been going harder. Yeah, I said, you, I need to stop, you need to stop judging your pace off everybody else. Dang, Blake. This if you can't go against yourself and push yourself, then that's a problem for you, not me. He was in a bad mood, but dang, we've just turned this into an indictment of him. Well, you, you can. know, you can push yourself, but you're not going to push yourself as hard as if there's somebody on your heels. That sounds I, I like mean, something you need to work on because I can. Well, you just go so slow all the time anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you why why I was disappointed in that CrossFit workout because, you know, I was doing this workout, man, and I was, you know, getting after it. And I look over there at you, and you're just freaking taking a break between every rep. And I'm like, well, crap, I'm already ahead of him. That's what you was doing on push-ups. You didn't even do the V-ups the thing prescribed. I don't do V-ups. I don't do CrossFit. They're too dangerous, ain't they? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I ain't trying to get injured. Yeah. Chad don't do nothing that's dangerous. Yeah. Them hard, anything that's hard is dangerous. Speaking of an indictment, I just started writing my indictment against America yesterday. Oh, you that's good. I'm 500 words in. And you, you started a formal indictment of America? On biblical grounds, I like yeah. that. It's I didn't gonna, know you were doing it's that. It's going to be a small book, maybe about... 70-something pages, something that, I could read. I like how yeah. he's writing like five books at one time. <laughs> he ain't finished narrow well, one of I'm them. I'm going to yeah. do but, my first. I'm, I'm writing right now an indictment against America okay. on biblical grounds. Then I'm next I'm writing an indictment against the church. Okay. <laughs> what? I mean. I'm just telling you what I got going on. But they, these are short books. These are for people that like Blake that can't read a. Like three, four pages. No, no, like. You know, like thin, like seventy something pages. Well, remember that you when can I just tried to up and read Remember when go? I tried to give you a little church history about the Protestant Reformation? and You weren't hearing it. Chad is a Protestant, ain't he? <laughs> oh, he, well, he don't. Yeah, don't where tell have, him that. Where have you been, Chili? Yeah, uh, you ain't been on the podcast in like a month. What are you talking about? It seems like you ain't been on the podcast in a while, man. Well, <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we he hadn't even been around since we started talking about all that stuff, Blake. No, he's the one that started all of it. The more I think about it, though, he is really a Protestant. <laughs> Listen, yeah. as I think on it, he even looks like one. What do you mean I ain't been around? I mean, it, anyway, that's that. It, that ain't on me. About the closest thing I got to a Protestant is a prostate. No, you don't. You don't. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, in. Uh, Wrote his ninety-five thesis and nailed it to the church at Wittenberg. So that's that's basically what you're doing—the indictment on the church. Are they theses? Theses, thesis. And by the way, what the Dude, crap? Will you Good turn gosh. that daggone phone off, man? The, the phone that he's been Listeners, looking at. I apologize to y'all that every time you got to get startled this, by. Chad. I thought this machine just blew up. I thought there was a fire alarm in here. I did too. Good <laughs> gosh, what the crap, man? Well, anyways, I like how this has started out, you know. And my thesis is is going to be in 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 like terms that people can actually read and understand. Okay, in other words, my indictment is going to be written in country boy logic terms. You know, that's like that book you got right there, Chili. Um, 
What the is that called? Of, the Mission of God mission. by Joe Boot. Yep. Joe is a very intellectual person. And the way that he writes, he uses a lot of big words and stuff that people with low vocabulary like Blake can't quite take the... <laughs> he can't quite process the concepts within that book because his vocabulary is, you know, like the typical American's vocabulary. There's no common words and slang and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm not going to, you know... I like reading books written the way Joe. You just can't write them that way. Well, no, I could write a book that way, but I'm not going he to. He could go harder. It's just too dangerous he to could. write them that I way. Could, I could no, do it. Because because I want the I want the, the person that doesn't do a lot of reading to be able to pick my book up and say, okay, I can read this and understand it. It's, I it's, could it's run a 5K in 12 minutes, but I just didn't want to. I, I I am a reader. I mean, I do a lot of reading. And I'm also a writer. I don't do a lot of writing. Uh, but hmm. I am a reader. And I'm a runner and I don't do a lot of writing. <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna to up your vocabulary, the best way to do that is by reading books that challenge your vocabulary. Yeah. I agree with that. You know. That's that's just a, a little tip for y'all out there. I have an extensive vocabulary personally, um, but I choose to speak and write in, you know, just simple terms. Layman's terms. Yeah. Well, I'm, I have a much more extensive vocabulary than you. You just don't see it because I've never showed you. Yeah, right, dude. I, I mean, how can you prove, you don't can read you prove enough. me wrong? Exactly. You don't read enough. Prove me wrong. You I proved you wrong when you said you wanted to read that book, but then you tried to read it, and you were like, I can't read this book. I said, it's got big words in it. That ain't what I said, you idiot. I said, this. I don't like reading these manifesto books This written this way. Well, and you I think Chile will enjoy that book. You could go get your indictment. For America, out of the Bible, it's already been written all in there. You well, that, just... that, that's essentially what I'm doing. It's just compiling. Oh. I'm compiling plagiarism. The <laughs> I'm compiling the precepts of the Bible. You know, as a Protestant, you're going to take that out. He's going to plagiarize the number one bestseller of all time. That's going. He's going to get away with that. Look, no, I know, I, back it, to the phone. It will. I, I'll have the. I'll have the quotes and all in there. I'll, I'll, gonna, make, gonna, I'll make sure when we reference the Bible, you know that it's coming from Scripture. That way you can at least know that the parts that are rep- referenced in Scripture are true. Boy, his bibliography, the citations are going to be longer than the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm not doing any citations or anything. Oh, okay. So just, play, you just got to put it in quotation marks. <laughs> back to back. Who's going to come at Who's going to come at me from plagiarizing the Bible, God? Well, you can actually yeah. quote a bunch. <laughs> I can't remember quotations. the limit. <laughs> There's a limit. You can put a bunch of the Bible in there without referencing it. Yeah. It's usually in the front of the book. I'm just letting y'all know. That's what I should be at home working on that right now. But instead, y'all have got me hemmed up here. Well, that's, you know, that piece I just shared with you, that's part of that knowledge I've got about books that you don't really know I've got, that you didn't have, but I'll let you in a little bit Mm -hmm. on that. Well, I'll tell y'all why, so, why I'm in a sour mood here in just a minute. Because, you know, y'all... We don't really care. You no, need to t- learn how no. to come out of it and quit wallowing in your feelings over there. You look like a hog <laughs> in a hog wallow, just rolling around, <laughs> floundering. You like a fish out of water is what you look like. You're pushing him, Blake. Let us know. I want to know. Well, y'all talk about <laughs> our... Uh, y'all talk about our Mandate Freedom mission here because we just got off the phone with two... 
individuals that have been affected by these mandates uh, and have lost their jobs on count of it. One is a Orange County fireman. Was he, Fire chief. Was he the chief? Yep. Yeah, he was Battalion the chief. chief. Battalion chief. Uh, the other is a um, nurse, emergency care nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Blake, what are you going to – you sending out $2,000 a piece to them. Yep. Uh, that, mo- that money will go out today. Yeah, and the money – I mean, if you are – end up being one of the people receiving this, the money could vary. It could be more, it could be less, depending on the funds available. Yeah. That's what's going out to them. We've yeah. raised, up to this point, today is October 26th, and to this point we've raised about $18,000 through. We now have a GoFundMe set up, so through that and also through selling shirts, we've got about $18,000 that we are able to, to donate. So going forward... I know we mentioned before sending DMs to the 307IG. If you or someone you know, you want them to be nominated, that's how we had said to do it before. But going forward now, what we want you to do is send an email to the number three of the number seven merch at gmail.com. So three of seven merch at gmail.com. How do you spell merch? M-E-R-C-H. Okay. And in that email, just if you are the one you want that are needing money or needing help through this, then just put your name. If you are nominating somebody else, then please put their name. And then uh, contact number and email would be nice of the person who is being nominated. And that's really it. Aside from that, just maybe a little bit of background on them or you, uh, the story of what's happened, if you've lost your job, why you lost it. Just a little bit of background. And then we'll be in touch. Chili's going to be keeping an eye on that and monitoring it. And we'll just probably go through once a week. And however much money we've got, we will select people from that list. We'll reach out to them that day, get some more information, and then we'll disperse the funds that we have available that week. So going forward, that's how we would prefer it be done. Is there anything you'd add, Chili? No, I think that's good. I mean, we'll and, and and just make it clear we're gonna give as much as we can, and you know when that does run out, then we won't be able to anymore. Uh, but you know, up until that point, we're just gonna we're looking for as many people as we we can find to help. Um, so please don't hesitate to 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 send us an email. Yeah, don't stop pushing the shirts. Yeah, we can. Before, yeah, the, we, if we keep selling shirts, we, we won't, we'll keep being able to help. That's so. it. We haven't been salesmen for our stuff before. We just like it to do its own thing. If you want it, get it good. If not, it's okay. But this, I feel comfortable pushing and selling, so to speak, because it's this is benefiting other people. This is not anything. We're keeping no profits of this. This is nothing from us. So keep selling the shirts. Keep pushing them if you buy one post it on instagram share it with your friend your family your community whatever because the more we can sell the more we can donate and then like i talked about we have the gofundme set up and um maybe we'll do some kind of story post or something on that just post i can attach that gofundme link in the show notes of this episode right here yeah that'll be good that way the link's out there and so yeah that's how we want to do it i want y'all to understand what the world this is even all about, right? 
Look, man, if you if you are in a, tr- a career transition, it's tough. It can be scary financially. It can feel overwhelming. I know because I have had to transition from a, a stable position in the U.S. military now to what I do now. I understand what transition feels like. And these people that are being forced to transition, uh, you know, and some of these people have dedicated their entire life to serving their community in a fire department, at a police department, uh, as a nurse, to serving their fellow brothers and sisters. All right? Well, look, man. If you don't feel comfortable getting the vaccine, that should be your choice. And you shouldn't have to lose the job, the position, the, 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 what you've dedicated your life to. You shouldn't have to lose it because of the choice that you've made as, as it pertains to this coronavirus vaccine. So... Don't get this twisted, man. We're we're not we're not anti-vaccine. Vaccines save thousands of pe- millions of people's lives. I'm sure. I've had vaccines for crap. I can't even pronounce. I spent so much dang time in Africa. They ran me down an assembly line and hit me with every vaccine in the stinking book. All right. But if you're out here in civilian world and you don't want to get the dang vaccine, that's your choice. And so we want to help these, our brothers and sisters, through this transition period. That's what this is all about, all right? Yeah, it's no different than if a company said, if you go get that vaccine, you're fired. If I find out you've got the vaccine, you're fired yeah. because we don't want vaccinated people working here. It would be, our mission would be the exact same. We would say that's a bunch of crap. Yeah, that's what this is all about, man. And there, and, and there ain't no daggone red tape on this right there ain't no strings attached to this all right we're just doing it leave it to blake and chili to make it all complicating complicating i mean you mean by uh, actually putting something out where people can get the money complicating it that way (laughs) tried to have it tried to have it set up before we just dive right into it and have to come up with it on the fly it would have took y'all months silly it would have took y'all months. To no, it took it up. took us five minutes. We just weren't allowed to beforehand. Y'all know, y'all know why. Ridiculous. Y'all know the only reason anything happens around here is because because the light gets stuff done. Y'all know the only That's reason why. anything happens because the old bull is at the back of the wagon pushing the whole train. Well, if you want to bring it up, I mean, I thought the beginning was enough, but really, if you want to know why nothing happens until you're ready to do it, is because if anyone else does it and you're not ready to do it, then you're not going to be pushing nothing, and you're going to say, I wouldn't have done it that way, man. I would have done it this way. And No, we're not We're not doing it that way. No. So we just wait, and we say, well, whenever Chad's ready to do it, we'll, uh, we'll help him get it done. <laughs> look, sometimes. So you want, if you want to keep it going, just keep on. What else you got? Look, sometimes these boys need a push, all right? They, okay. They've got great intentions. But sometimes you've got to push them into these situations 
where they're a little bit uncomfortable. You know, to everybody All listening, right? believe it or not, we're actually a fairly good little team here. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> boy, you wouldn't know it from listening to this. Well, it's uh, when you get on the podcast, it's Chad likes to do talk Chad, about serious things yeah, on the podcast. Well, you take the microphones away, he don't want to have no serious meetings. It's like when he reprimanded Chili for his individualism gosh. at the PT that time. He wouldn't even mention nothing to Chili all day, and the podcast gets turned on, and he just rips him on <laughs> Jet, on what well, he should have ripped well, him on off the mic. Well, so. that's fine. I mean, Chad has set the precedent that we air our grievances on the podcast. Yeah. I don't like it that way, but the, the veil is being torn on the podcast. <laughs> that's the way we operate. Je- Jesse Itzler asked me yesterday. He said, I was telling him, he was asking questions about, you know, 307 Project and this and that. Kind of comparing it to as he was coming up as an entrepreneur, and and uh, he said, you know, he said, Chad, I don't, I don't think that you're the type of person to ever build something out like Marquee Jet or Zico or something like that. He was like, dude, what you're doing is so cool. He was like, when I was building out Marquee Jet and stuff, I was always having to go to meetings and and sit through these long meetings and stuff like. He said, do y'all even have meetings? I said, yeah, we record them on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, all of our meetings are recorded on the podcast. Well, well, the podcast to me is it's like a, this. It gives the listener real time, the real time opportunity to learn from our mistakes and hear what the world's going on well, that's true. Here. We have discussions off of the podcast, obviously. I mean, it's not like the only time we talk is when we got microphones, but we don't really have meetings. No. I appreciate you cutting me off there when I was talking a second ago, Chad. But, uh, Whatever you were saying wasn't important. Um, the podcast is like a it's like a therapy session. It, you know, you can talk about things differently when you have a therapist right there, and the the machine is like the therapist to Chad. Where yeah, it's a therapist it, for Chad, it's not the us. Third third party or entity here at this. Listeners, y'all can thank me later. Y'all I, can thank I me wouldn't later. Do, I it, wouldn't. If it wasn't for me, it'd just be a bunch of canned conversation. Oh, between Blake and Chili, just oh, be a bunch wouldn't. of canned conversation. What the crap? I appreciate just, you pushing see, the wagon, man. There again, you I push gosh, them into are. these situations, but and I do it to the benefit of the body of three or seven. It would projects. not be canned conversations, but we wouldn't have meetings on here. Well, Chad is a little beat down, guys. I want y'all to know he's a little beat down this morning. He had some things happen, and he's not real happy, and so he needs. We're not building him up, so he needs to build himself up and convince himself that these things are true in order to stop his floundering. What do you he's, need? He's from, like a fish out of water, what, man. What do you need from us, Chad? What can we do? Y'all remember when How I was you, pouring cold water on my hot feet because my feet was on fire? <laughs> That's what you're doing right now. You're pouring cold water on your hot feet because you just, you just you. are out of shape, man. I'll tell you what y'all can do. Yeah. You can do your freaking jobs. Okay. Y'all can do your job. Okay. Well, now that we're All already right. doing that, what else can we do? How would that How would that make you feel if we did our jobs? It It would free me up to write my dang uh, to go deer hunt. It'd free him okay. up to go deer hunt. I haven't hunting. even deer hunted this year, but one time. So that would make you feel better. Yeah, y'all need to start doing your dang jobs, and, and I don't, I don't care about how he feels. You know, me? I don't need to have to be behind I'm, the I'm wagon pushing the wagon. Okay. I'm just. Well, okay. you you better be glad you got a dang wagon to push, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, yeah, I'm glad that thing loaded down so hard I can't hardly push it. It's like I'm, that old kayak. I'm glad this ain't coming out uh, nowhere near that 
podcast we did with Brooks, and you just taint that whole podcast if you release I'll put this. this podcast out tomorrow. No, you won't. By gosh, if I want to. I'll lock the darn account down, boy. <laughs> I guess I'll do what I want around here. <laughs> it will cut your legs off. Y'all ever heard anything like that? What are you going to talk about anything of any value to anybody today? Well, y'all talked about the mandate freedom thing. Um, well, I guess that's <laughs> enough said. <All> right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll uh, hit you next week. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll tell you guys, you know, marriage is a very hard, uh, ta- a hard journey in life. But, you know, the interesting thing about, I think, marriage that you don't understand that that i think even i don't understand at times is it's a lot like it's a lot like fitness so growth only happens through tension right we can only get better in fitness at ultra running crossfit whatever it is we can only get better by putting tension on our muscles and breaking them down and stressing them, right? Well, the, the, I, I've asked myself many a times, you know, why did God construct marriage the way he did, and why did he make male and female so different? And really, it's, it creates an interesting dynamic in life, it stretches you in different ways, and the construct of marriage will actually force you to grow and become more complete as a husband or wife in areas and in ways that it are otherwise impossible to achieve. Like marriage will stress you in ways and help you grow in ways. Where you, you could you just couldn't you couldn't get the same stress or the same growth out of any other aspect of life, right? And I think marriage also forces you into situations where not only do you have to lean on Jesus and and you know trust trust Jesus, but it forces you into situations where you actually have to project his image the image of Christ within that marriage. And when you are experiencing tension in marriage, it's easy to say, it's easy to just say, you know what? This is always hard. What is good about this? What is good about marriage? It, it in a lot of ways, detracts from certain individuals' ability to be productive to do certain things that they want to do and that they think would be the best thing for them to do, right? Because you have someone else in your life that you have to care for and think of and love. Um, so when people get to that point, they say, what is good about this? So why don't I just quit? And what they don't realize is that the tension they're feeling is actually making them a more complete person and it's actually molding them into a better image of Christ. It's a strange, strange construct that God has created, this marriage thing. Well, even aside from that, it, it's a person that's in your life. Like, you don't have, really have any 
I mean, in a sense, you do have obligation to treat other people that way, but you have not committed yourself to anybody else but that one person. So marriage provides somebody else that you have a contract before God that you have committed yourself to them and you don't you just don't have a choice in the matter like you if it wasn't for you being in that person's life then they wouldn't have that and you wouldn't have that from them well that's that's it because because of marriage the construct of marriage so it puts someone in your life where there is no one else on the earth that I would react to in the same way I react to my wife. Mm -hmm. If there was anyone else in my life that caused the amount of tension that marriage causes, I would just say, screw that person, whoever it is. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. But because it is an obligation and a commitment and and a vow to each other, before God, it's it's a holy it's a holy thing. It forces you to react to your spouse in a in a in the proper way, the way that you should react really to all people. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is yeah. it, I mean, even if you said that to someone that is that you're not married to, it's it's still really not right. No, but that's the I'm just being a realist here. Yeah, but. By you being married, you can see what it should be in its purest form and realize that that is how yeah. you should treat other people as well. Yeah. So it's a it's a wonderful construct and opportunity um, for God to shape you, man and woman. I really think that's what it's meant for. I think that's what the whole construct is meant for. Uh, and, you know, another thing is, and I'll use a specific example of what happened this morning. Another thing is, is when you're trying to communicate with each other in marriage, usually what's being said is not really like, it's not up front. It's not really what's happening. Mm -hmm. So like this morning, our dog is not doing well. And last time, our dog was not doing well. I was on the paddle mission and Brooke had to deal with that by herself. And she had to take the dog to the vet. She had to deal with the emotions of it and, and just the, 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 the scariness of it and all that all by herself. Right. And it was probably, it didn't feel good. It was probably a traumatic thing for her because we love our dogs and Mm -hmm. she especially loves this dog. And so she had to deal with all that. I was gone. Well, now I'm home. The dog is not doing good this morning. And so Brooke comes in the the bedroom and wakes me up and says, Chad, can you take the dog to the vet this morning? Like, you need to be there when they open so, so we can get an appointment. And I roll over, and I'm like, well, what are, what are you um, – what what are you doing today? She's like, oh, I'm going to the gym. Then I'm going running. Then I'm going to get a massage. And I'm like, well, crap. No, I'm not taking the, the dog to the vet. Because, like, I'm also going to go to the gym. Then I got to work the rest of the day. So, that that was the that's the problem I'm dealing with right now. What was actually happening 
I, I'm sure, and I haven't talked to Brooke about this because she's not talking to me right now. Um, That's probably a good idea. You know, just come on here and talk about it. Well, when you haven't even talked to her about it. Yeah. That's, that's a top-notch idea but, right there. What's see see y'all you see y'all y'all get it raw on here, man. See, I'm not afraid. I mean, I ain't afraid geez. to put the word out. I, it ain't I'm not, about being afraid; it's about being smart. I, I look, Good man. Gosh. I ain't trying to be smart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm trying to be real. What probably should have been said this morning was, "Hey, Chad. Last time I had to do. Last time I had to take Jada to the vet. It was hard for me to do that." by myself and i don't want to have to go through that again can you take her this time for me so i don't have to go through the the feelings and the and, and the the emotions of that again right so you see how the question's different did you know that at the time no no that that's the thing when you get woke up out of sleep the first thing you see you're 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 taking on board what's being said and you're like okay you're telling me not to go do my workout this morning so you can go do your workout this morning when that's not real that's what's being said but that's not what's actually that's not actually what's happening right mm -hmm. so no i i didn't pro I, I, this morning i just processed what was being said like no like if you had a legitimate reason that you couldn't take the dog to the vet then if, yeah i would take the dog to the vet but you have no legitimate reason why i shouldn't why i shouldn't carry on about my day right um, so that's the decision I made, which was quite obviously the wrong decision. You made a logical decision. Yes. So, you know, after, after then, now I've talked to PN today for about an hour and he's the one that's told me about all, how all this works. And so, you know, <clears throat> I'm saying if we would communicate in a more raw form with each other, it would be much easier to make decisions. In other words, if I'm experiencing something that is emotionally painful, if I would just come to you and just say, hey, this was really hard for me, and I don't, I don't want to have to go through it again today because it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect me, um, can you share that burden with me? Like Then the, then the answer well, is a no-brainer, but, but we don't communicate with each other in a, in a raw way like that, which leads us to seeing the situation for what it isn't actually and then you make the wrong decision and you you make each other mad well okay listen i'm not married and no one needs to take marriage advice from me but if i'm hearing you correctly you have a way that you feel that y'all could communicate better have you communicated that to her have you communicated to her Hey, I think this way of communicating would be better. Let's try this. Uh, no, because I haven't got to talk to her today. I mean, you've had forever to do that. I'm saying, like, no, I just learned this today. Oh, okay. Well, I I think that would be a good idea to start. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you just yeah. learned that that you should communicate what you're thinking and not not what you're thinking. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like I'm really good at communicating in raw form. I mean, how many times do I come to you guys and say, don't freaking talk to me today because I, I am not in the mood for anything. Yeah, that's fine. Like, but I, I'm really, and I'll even tell you why. And, I, and I'll, you know, I, I do all, I feel like, am I not good at communicating the raw form? Well, well, with us, but are you doing that 
you know, are, are you? Oh, yeah. I think I do that with Brooke, too. Yeah. Well, does she receive it like we receive it? Most of the time, yeah. Okay. I mean, because me yeah. and Blake can handle that. Yeah. But if she is different than us in the way she communicates, then part of that is you have to accommodate her communication style, and she has to accommodate yours to an extent. I mean, th- that that's the way I see it working. Now, communication seems to be the most most important aspect of any relationship. So that's why I feel like I can say that because I'm not married, but any relationship, it seems to be very important that you're on the same page with that. So, well, I mean, is, yeah, you need, that's good. You need to communicate that way, but I'm not saying you need to communicate that way. I'm saying communication working well is important. Yeah. I mean, communication is great and you should, I mean, I agree with everything Chad says that, if you can I don't even communicate know. how you're feeling in in just its raw form, then that helps the person you are talking to. It helps them process it in their it mind. It lets them know how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So but, then that way they can't just imply that you're asking them to not do something that they had planned to do so you can do something you had planned to do. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying, but it then there's a whole other th- thing that I think of is like, if you can do it, just do it. And and if she, you know to trust that she's not trying to get one over on you by saying, hey, "I want to get this workout in. I'm gonna make Chad go to the vet." Like if you trust that she's not gonna do that, then I'm not saying that I wouldn't have done the same thing that you're doing. I'm just thinking of this outside. Like if you're you're wanting to know how she's feeling so that you can justify whether it it would be good or not. You're trying to make your own decision of whether or not you should go help her do this based off of how she feels or based off of if she's trying to get one well, over on you. I trust her enough that I don't think she would use that form of communication as, as something to manipulate me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I trust her. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing is here, also, this may not work for all of you, this, this form of raw communication. It works well for me because my mind has about just one track. You got to hit it. You got to hit it with... With the real, with the with the raw dump, if if you try to hit me, if you try to hit me with some some stuff that have some existential bull crap to it, I'm not gonna see your existential stuff. You can't see the subtext. I'm not gonna see your subtext. All right. Yeah. And you're not. If PN you need- reads all the subtext. I don't read subtext. I, I read what you give me. Yeah. And that that's just the way I am, man. The, the point in this conversation is to tell you, Chili's uncomfortable as crap over here, no, man. He, he, you know, like I said, if it was up to him, he no, would just have a bunch of canned uh, conversation listen, on man, here. Listen, it's, man, it's like, what do you think you sound like right now? I mean, you're not saying a lot of information, but what it sounds like is you have a different communication style than Brooke does. So that's just as, that's on both of you to, to work out how y'all need to talk to each other. Well, yeah. What I mean, would have been wrong? That's with, the point. What would yeah, have been yeah, wrong? Yeah, but like, are you? Do you accommodate her style or whatever you want to call it at all? Listen, this is meeting in the middle. When Brooke comes to you with that, <laughs> I, mean, I know you don't like to hear nothing when you wake up, so it's never going to happen. Yeah, first he keeps thing going. I don't like this. I don't talk like this. I got a one track mind. Well, how does Brooke handle things? How does her mental process work? If it's different than yours, you have to somehow. Well, if you know that that her communication is not that way, then you say like. Yeah, I mean, I could take her this morning, Brooke, but I, I had planned to do this. Is there a reason that you can't take her this morning? 
And then it might have came out that, yeah, I mean, I could take her, Chad. I've got these things planned, and it was real tough on me last time when you were out of town, and it's just it's just a lot for me to deal with. You know, can if you could take her, that'd be great. It may not have went that way, but if you realize that she doesn't communicate the way you like, then you have to ask questions to pull out of her whatever information you need mm-hmm. for well, it seems like you were wanting honesty from her. Like, you were wanting her to say that, if that was the case. You were wanting her to say, hey, this was hard for me the last time. Can you do this? Were you honest with her by saying, like, hey, you're just asking me to go to the vet at 7 o'clock, and that ticks me off? Well, the conversation didn't reach that. Didn't, it didn't was, get to that it point. didn't get yeah. to that point. It was just kind of like she just loaded up and left. And, and now, you know, it is what it is, but... You know, the point of this conversation is to tell you that you cannot grow in any aspect of your life without some sort of tension. So if you are also experiencing tension in your marriage, don't do what most people do and just say, this freaking sucks, man. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. Understand that the tension is actually there for a purpose to help you grow in your faith your and your relationship with Jesus, to help you grow in your ability to um, be his ambassador and be an image of him here on earth. It's here to help you grow as a, as a, in really many aspects. So... That's what I wanted to put out, man. Well, the tension's only there if you honor the commitment that you've made, right? Because well, yeah. if you don't, like, that's why the tension's there, because you're honoring the <coughs> commitment. And if you don't, just like Chad said, you can you could say, hey, I'm out, and that clips the string. <laughs> I mean, you can't say that, because a broken commitment on earth, on paper, is still, there's still a contract up in God's eyes that you made just because you signed a legal document that says you're divorced, you you're really not divorced. You might be earth legally, but there's still a contract in heaven that has you two married. And, yeah. and you know, that's why, I mean, it's a whole other discussion. That's But that's why, in my opinion, you, I don't, I'm not well, no, going to get down you, No, I mean, you, you are right. The, the yeah. Bible literally says that if you marry a woman that who has been, ha- divorced. Ha- who has been divorced, you are committing adultery. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's uh, hey, that's hard to come to terms with. Yeah, like that's t- that's tough to reconcile with that. I understand that, man, but that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, I mean that's that's a deep discussion. We it's not deep, but it's a long discussion. We could we can go down, but that is that is it. There is still the Bible talks about acceptable reasons for divorce. Right, there's a few in there, but you have signed a contract or agreed to a contract in two places when you get married, one in heaven and there's one on earth. Just because you break the one in earth for a reason that is not in the Bible doesn't mean that it's also broken in heaven, and yeah, that's how I view it. Well, you know, the reason that this discussion is interesting for me, me being not married, is my parents, you know, you talk about it, it, the tension and... You know, I know a lot of people are like, well, man, you you grow up and, you know, it's not like you're going to see every fight that they've ever had and, you know, because they could keep that from you. And I'm not saying, I, I saw them 24-7, obviously. I'm not 
but like they, I'm telling you, man, they didn't fight. I've told you this before. It was the, it's strange to me, basically, how they never fought. And I'm not saying they didn't disagree about stuff or whatever, but I mean, essentially, they, they never fought. And, and it's befuddling to me how that's the case because it's like I never see anybody else have that, you know, they, they say that. And, and I think, what I've thought about over time as I've analyzed how they are as parents to me and how how they were as a married couple is, that, man, my dad is literally the most selfless person that I've ever met. And the way they would communicate and their relationship, I mean, I think it was just, I mean, personally, the it's the picture of the most perfect union it's the closest thing to a perfect union on earth as i think you could even have i mean it's it's you know so i agree that that tension is needed but it's like the way that they could not like skirt around it or avoid it they just it just wasn't there it's it's amazing to me i don't know well if you have two selfless people there's not going to be much tension because they're going to see oh okay well I'm just going to set myself aside yeah. and, and help I mean, this person out, and whether it's justified or not. And then you do that enough, and the other person will eventually become selfless because well, they're like... That's the thing. Yeah. is It wasn't just my dad that was selfless. I mean, my mom is the most selfless... Same thing. The most selfless person yeah. you could ever meet. I mean, they both were that way raising me, and they were both that way with each other and their time. I don't know. It, it was just amazing. It, it seems like that's the quality if you could pin one down that I've seen selflessness <laughs> helps a lot of things. And I have a hard time with that, um, being selfless. And maybe that's partially cause I'm an only child or whatever, but I don't know. I've had to, the model that they set for me with that is, I mean, I have no excuse and, uh, I don't know. That's just, well, I, I think, I think you're right, Chili. I think there are certain personal, uh, attributes that help an individual participate in a marriage in a much um a much less tense manner i would say also another thing that's been challenging for brooke and i has been the lifestyle that we live so we have personal attributes and then we also have lifestyles that can really put stress on a marriage relationship and with me i mean the, my lifestyle ever since we got married creates a lot of tension, man, because I've always been one that goes hard, that gets front sight focused on something that's always on the road, always traveling. Um, that's just been the lifestyle. And that crap is freaking tough, man, on a marriage. Not many yeah. of them make it through. So I think it's... Yeah, I'm probably lacking certain personal attributes, and I have probably been called to a a very hard lifestyle in comparison with with some others, uh, other options. Because I, 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 I would lie to you if I didn't think about this sometimes. I think, you know, why don't I just go down here across the road at the state park and get me a job with the state cutting grass for $40,000 a year. I could literally ride my bicycle down there, do a thing or two, 
make the park pretty, ride my bicycle back home. <laughs> like, there's no tent. There's there's no, <laughs> like, uh, like that. There is a piece of that that is appealing. Yeah. But that's not who I. That's not the life that. I think I was called to live. Well, no, the tension then would be that you know you're doing that inconsistent with what you were called to yeah. be. That, that would be the tension. Like, that sounds great because it gets rid of all these issues you have to deal with doing what you're doing now, but then the the roles are just flipped. Like, you say, well, now I'm going to take away all these issues, yeah. but I'm going to have one issue that is tremendous. It's just one issue, but it's much bigger than all the other little ones I was dealing. I with. know it's weird, man. It's weird because, in in a in a sense, if I went that route, it wouldn't be quitting. I, I'm still I, I'm I'm I would essentially be choosing a different lifestyle. Yeah, <clears throat> but for me personally, because I feel so strongly that I was called to be out in the mix. Like that's just the that's what who God made me to be. For me, it actually would be quitting. It would be quitting on yeah. what I know I was called to do. Well, the if I wasn't so sure that this is who I'm supposed to be in order to f- fulfill my path, mm-hmm. right? If I wasn't so sure about that, then choosing a different lifestyle for the sake of yeah. Of just, you know, taking some pressure off. That's not quitting, man. Sometimes I mean, quitting is relative because... Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's in comparison with your who you know you, you should be. Yeah. Well, what would be... Appe- what's appealing of the, that change, if you were to do that, would be that you think it would be easier. But, but I think what Blake's getting at is it wouldn't be. Um, there'd be a whole new set of problems. Yeah. You know, like, it just seems like on the surface where you're at now, doing what you're doing now, that just seems easy. Because how you even described it, oh, I'd just, the day-to-day would just be, I'd just ride my bike down there, cut a little grass, ride back. (laughs) That ain't what it would look like. I mean, you'd have problems all the time. That that you can't see now. It's the the yeah. whole grass is greener. On yeah, the other I side. mean, you, you so and and not to mention that you've never lived a lifestyle like that. So if you did it for about two weeks, you'd go, "Good gosh, I'm bored to death." I, I know mean, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, they ain't paying me but forty thousand dollars, <laughs> and I'm spending eighty hours down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, man. It's just just to let you know, we all struggle with yeah that appealing thought that stepping outside the boundaries of who you know you were called to be and the job you know you were called to do here on earth stepping outside of the boundaries of that may look appealing even to me um but we're gonna keep on keeping on son i want to hear about chili's races chili's been racing i gotta pee real quick tell the people about your races i didn't want while i'm not here to listen serve up the salad yeah, well, I didn't really. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I didn't want to talk about him. Well, he, he's already out of here. He went to go pee, so if he ain't gonna ask me any questions about him. I just, I just assume not talk about him. When he gets back in, we'll just you can be at the end of it and just be like, and I, I just ran. You yeah, know, I, yeah. We'll I just finished exactly. around a hundred miles. <laughs> that that was good. I will say this though that. 
when we got off the paddle trip, I raced the the weekend that we got home. I guess what we got home on a Wednesday, raced that Saturday, and uh, that was to help my to not help, but be there for my brother Nathan Darty. He's uh, he listens to the podcast. Um, he was a he he was a teacher at my high school. He taught me for two years actually, and and uh, in high school. And he was, he's just a great guy. And then the next weekend I did another race in Alabama and we met, or I met so many three or seven people. It was crazy. It uh, blew my mind. So that's what was good about it. And, uh, I will mention that, but that's about all I'm going to say. My heroes have always been cowboys. And they still are. are <laughs> Sadly, in search of one step and back of themselves and their slow-moving dreams. You know what song's been in my head? Oh, The Good Time's Really Over by Haggard. Oh, yeah. Sing it for us. No. Just sing it for us real quick. <laughs> I don't sing. How does that one start? I wish a buck was yep. still silver. I don't sing, though. It was back... When the country was strong. Yep. That's a good one, man. Yep. It's funny to hear. Um, that was Merle, right? Mm -hmm. It's funny to hear Merle singing about that stuff uh, way back then. He had he had a little bit too much hope, though, didn't he? <laughs> there at the end. Yeah. That's what we were. I was, I listened overshot to the, it there I at listened the end. to that song, and I think, dang, Merle was ahead of his time. And then at the end, he's got that glimmer of hope, and I'm like, well, nope. <laughs> you got to crush that, Merle. <laughs> America's always had that glimmer of hope, yeah. and, and it's finally gone. <laughs> time, to, time to fade that on out, Merle. Is Merle dead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Merle passed on, man. Before, that was before a few years ago. the lyrics to that one. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I don't I didn't hear what Chili said about his races. I don't, probably wasn't very important anyways, but... Um, that's mainly what I wanted to share on the podcast today was, uh, tension comes through. I mean, growth comes through tension physically, mentally, and emotionally and spiritually. So and don't, marriagely. Yeah. So don't <laughs> quit. And, um, I'll just, I'm going to keep pushing this cart, man. It's now went from a wagon to a cart. <laughs> I'm going to keep pushing. Well, you are the pale horse, so are you in front of it or behind it? Oh, I'm behind it. No, I think you're in front of it. No, I'm we're sitting it. in the, we're sitting in the cart, eating our lunch. It, yeah, sitting there just guiding you. Well, on them reins. Why do you think I'm? Why do you think I turned you into a megastar? Don't start this crap. Don't start this crap. I'm not a megastar. Hey, really irritate me with that. We just keep whipping Chad. I towel snapped him in the gym the other day before the workout. Got him right in the ribs. You towel know, I don't him. even know why y'all even work with me. I, I can't even believe y'all haven't kicked me out of this, out of the business. We love you. We love you, Chad. Good. Even though gosh. you irritate the fire out of me. I, you know, I would hate to know that I, I had to work with another man that that was just ornery. And uh, emotional all the time. I'd hate to know. And he could beat the ever-living snot out of me at any minute that he wanted to. At his choosing, 
knowing that I knowing how do you how do you deal working with me then? Knowing that he could just whoop the tar out of me at no, any minute. Legitimate if he question: to. How do you work with me then? You just described me perfectly. I mean, you guys have to work with an unstable person that could literally just just beat the tar out. You're of You're describing well, me. When you lose care for any of that stuff, it don't matter. Like you, someone comes in and they're grumpy. You're like, yeah, okay, who who really cares? I'm gonna keep doing what I do. And when they beat you, it's like, yeah, I mean, what's new? Who cares? It, then it's. It, I mean, you're. I mean, it's really pretty. Oh, it's easy. scary no, for you guys. You're too. essentially Even, describing me. I'm mentally unwell, but I could also beat you at anything, anytime I ever wanted to. Even for you guys, just to come into work, it's a big risk to come in to come into work around me. <laughs> well, I, this is funny. You this remember, is why we can't just hire anybody. You remember when we was eating at Moe's that time, and that dog was barking? <laughs> and we, here we sitting out on this patio at Moe's Barbecue here in Rome, and. We're eating these people next to us have this little chihuahua and it's just barking and barking. Best thing and ever. And Chad start he's getting mad about it and it finally gets a little slack in its leash and it comes over toward him and starts barking. <laughs> and it makes Chad so mad. He grits his teeth and you'd see his jaw muscles sticking out and he makes his eyes real big and flares his nostrils out. And he just look I mean, just He started barking that, at it. All that he describes just there, all that emotion came to the surface, and he looked at those people, and he said, I got PTSD, and this dog's lighting me up right now. And they pulled that dog in. About five seconds later, they packed their table up, threw their food away, and just left. Got up and left. Immediately. I don't, do well, I don't do well with disrespectful people. That's how you get crap done. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't come in around me disrespecting me in public. No. Uh-uh. I ain't with that crap either. So all That's that why stuff, I don't go out in public much. All that emotional, unstable, uh, angry, ornery, mentally. Chad, all that came to the surface when that dog was barking at him, son. Chad's emotionally unwell. I'm probably mentally unwell. And what are you, Blake? You're just put together. No, You're physically unwell. I, I'm just... <laughs> I, I'm equally unwell. I'm unwell at the same amount always. <laughs> he's never not more, too. He's not too unwell in, in any <laughs> yeah, one spot. That's good. You know that Matchbox yeah. Twenty song. I'm not crazy. I'm just a little unwell. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That I don't one. know that either. But well, y'all don't like music. Know how silly you are listening to Matchbox Twenty Losers. now. Um. Well, I hope y'all got a lot out of that conversation right there, man. Well, there's a lot to get out of it. Yeah. I mean, gosh. I, I really hope y'all do. And, uh, you know, we would ask you to share this episode with anyone that you know that's mentally unwell as we are <laughs> so that they will know they're not alone. If there's any episode you don't share, if there was ever one you just said, I, I just don't have time to share it, just <laughs> let this be that one. <laughs> If you share everyone, just continue sharing. But there was ever a time you thought, I just can't share a three or seven episode. Just please let it be this one. There's, there's marriage advice from an unmarried 22-year-old and stories of mentally unstable <laughs> dinners or lunches, whatever that was. Um, I don't even know what to title this thing, man. And maybe we'll title this one, what, Chad, what Chad Thinks About David Goggins. <laughs> Blake's been waiting to title an episode that for a long time. Chad was Click bragging bait. on Brooks' podcast. He was bragging about um, he was bragging about beating me at that workout by twenty seconds, and, mm -hmm. and how nobody could beat him. And I said, "You wait till I get David Goggins down here for a CrossFit workout. <laughs> you want somebody to beat you?" 
Oh, man. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Close well, it up. Yeah, we're at an hour here, 59 minutes, so let's shut her on down, guys. Um, that was a good comms check right there. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Let us know what you thought about this conversation. We love y'all. Enough said.